Hello, salty scallywags. Welcome to the Whatever Floats Your Boat podcast. Billy and Sierra here from Tool is Endless Summer. And so is Jetty. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about how to make money living on a boat. This is actually take two. We just recorded an hour-long podcast and somehow the memory card got corrupted. So we're going to do it again because I think there's a lot of good information here. There's a lot of great information here, and I'm so excited to do this whole thing <laughs> over again. Oh, man. Yes. Boat life, fun stuff, corrupted memory cards and all. So you tell us a little bit, you tell them a little bit about where we are. Well, we're in the same spot where we did our last podcast, still in the U.S. Virgin Islands. We're on a private mooring off this little key called Lavango Key. Um, the mooring around here is like five moorings owned by the restaurant Zozo's H2O that had just recently opened up right before the pandemic but now they're closed because of the pandemic but if you guys are ever in the U.S. Virgin Islands check out Zozo's H2O restaurant because they're letting us all use their private moorings for free while this is all going on. We can't tell you whether the food is good or not but they definitely are very nice people for allowing us to stay here so thank you very much. All right, let's, let's get, get on into it. Let's Again. get on with it. This, this episode is sponsored by the Tula Shop. Go to toolsandthesummer.com and buy a t-shirt. We would very much appreciate it. Okay, anyways, how to make money living on a boat. We get this question all the time. And one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that it is possible to have a normal job and live on a boat. And it's no different, really, than living in a house. Well, this is your first way of how to make money and live on yeah. a boat. Yeah, live and work a normal job. Yeah. You can travel on your time off, either little bits of travel, big travels. Um, and this is, you're talking about strictly just living on a boat while you have a normal job and then just traveling in between, like on weekends or holidays yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Super simple. We meet a lot of people and they're like, wow, like, I never knew that. And yeah, it's totally possible. And if your goal is to, like, get on a boat or get cruising full-time, this could be a good little warm-up to it. It could help you save money by allowing you to rent out or sell your house and not have to pay that mortgage um, while you still own this boat. And it could give you a little more warm-up as to what it's like living on a boat full-time. Now, it might be a little bit difficult in certain circumstances. If you're an accountant, you have to wear a suit and you're out on a mooring in Rhode Island in the winter. And you have to dingy back and forth to the dock. That probably isn't the best situation, but there are plenty of other jobs where it would work great. Right. So um, if you are more interested in learning how to travel for extended periods of time and working different jobs then here let's get started with it well let's say this first most of the people we see and meet out here cruising are retired couples yes like probably like three quarters of the people are retired but that I would, yeah i guess yeah it's gotta be like they worked a career you know saved up a bunch of money retired they have a pension they might have a 401k or something like that whatever they, they planned ahead saved up and that's what most people do and that is totally fine that's they are the most enjoying common. life and they're having fun and they're cashing in on all their hard work through their through their lives we wanted to figure out a way where we could do it sooner we don't want to wait till we're 60 we want to go see the world now yeah and we i think that's what draws a lot of people to us and our channel is because we're we figured out a way to do it other people also have that in aspiration they want to be able to do that as well. So we have met a lot of people who are much younger than retirement age and who are doing it much younger. And we're going to share kind of a little bit about what they do to be able to earn money um, as they go. But first, let us say that we already did a, po did a podcast on our expenses of living and traveling full time on a boat. So you can go back and listen to that because your expenses are at least half your battle. Like. If you could cut down your expenses by half, you could cut down what you have to make by half or more. Exactly. And you could live extremely expensive or you could live extremely frugal. And we'll probably do a podcast specifically on like budgeting and ways that we do save money, even though we kind of touched on it in that episode. But anyway, this, this episode is going to be all about making money on a boat. The different jobs and things that people do to make money while they live on a boat and then at the end we'll talk about how we specifically make money living and traveling on a boat full-time doing what we do with youtube and blogging and everything like that yeah so um first category seasonal jobs a lot of people work seasonally so that means they are working really really hard for parts of the year and then they're traveling for the rest of the year this is what we did in the very beginning. Um, I was getting my foot into a teaching career right after college, and then I quit that and and tr 
started traveling on Tula, my very first little monohull sailboat. And once I've, I've also been lifeguarding on the ocean in New York in the summer times and working in restaurants through late high school and college. Um, so that was kind of already seasonal. But then as I left on Tula, I got down to Florida, I met you, I worked in the kiteboard shop, and then I started just teaching kiteboard lessons up in Stewart with new wave kiteboarding. Um, through the winter and the summers I would still go back and lifeguard up in New York and then the winters I would teach kiteboarding and the spring and fall we would travel. Yep, exactly. And I was still in school, but I was working as a lifeguard, swim instructor, paddleboard instructor, retail, so many other different types of jobs. And during those years, we were really only traveling for, I think, a max of a month. The yeah. rest of the time was either in school or you working. But we still had tons of really great adventures during that time. Other seasonal jobs, people we have met along the way, um, your, your very good online friend, we've actually met him in person a couple times, is Mike, and him and his family run Christmas tree stands. Yeah, so if you're in, if you're in the Philadelphia area, Google the Christmas tree stand, and that's his company, or their, their family business, I think, and they sell Christmas trees, and they, I think they have a bunch of stands throughout Philadelphia, they do like Christmas tree delivery, and then when you take it down, they take it down for you, and they'll, you know, dispose of it correctly and stuff like that. But he works his butt off for probably starting in like early November through January, probably January as a remove Christmas trees. And I'm sure they work like probably, probably 60 seven, to 80 hours yeah, a week. Yeah, seven days a week. And they're working really, really hard. But once that's over, he is now sailing on his boat that he has been refitting for the past couple of years. And they're getting to experience all the places they have always wanted to go. And that's an example of like, it's a seasonal thing, but that's more like he's an entrepreneur. They own that business so that's kind of a little bit of a separate thing from a seasonal job but he's also offered for us if we need it if we need to go up and work he's offered that seasonal job to us like we could have gone and worked at the christmas tree stand right for a and months. that's probably an opportunity in a lot of places around the country for people to do is is yeah work at a christmas tree stand and if you're friendly and you have good customer service and you're a hard worker you probably i don't know how much you get paid in that sort of job but you could probably get some tips you know if you're really helpful to people and stuff like that so there's an option yeah and then another one is um jobs in the hospitality field so either hotels or restaurants and really good opportunity in this is to go and work these jobs in places where they're super super seasonal for example fire island or nantucket or martha's vineyard or, where, or the hamptons yeah where these places are only occupied really for a few months out of the year like and, they're they're really busy for a few months out of the year and really busy with wealthy people and after that it's dead and that's your time to go travel and use the money you just saved up working your butt off for that amount of time and i've worked in restaurants through late high school and college and i'm bartending running food just bussing food or bussing tables and one thing about that industry yeah you can make a ton of cash pretty quickly especially in those nicer restaurants and those nicer areas one thing to be careful of is a lot of people that I saw in this industry, all of a sudden they had wads of cash from tips in their pockets, you know, and then they go blow it on, you know, on partying or just buying random stuff. But so you got to be disciplined and be able to put that cash away and save it. And if you can do that and you're really disciplined about that, then you can really save up a good amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sell the rest of the, the year. Yeah. And we've known many people that do it, and it's an awesome thing to see. There's a lot of other benefits in working in hospitality. It really teaches you, like, how to deal with tough people sometimes. It teaches you what... It teaches what, you to hustle. It teaches you to hustle. That was my favorite part about it. Time flew when you hustled, and, and you got rewarded for it, too. You get tipped out really good and stuff like that. And you, you, you learn what it's like to be that, that waiter or bartender, so then in the future you know how to treat those, those other people in the uh, hospitality industry. I think it's a great thing for, for people to do as a, you know, as a job, at least once in their life. Yeah, so if you're looking for a way to do this, I would definitely say seek out the areas that are very popular um, for these short amount of time. And one other thing about that is it, because these areas are usually, like it, the areas that Sierra's talking about, Nantucket, Martha Vineyard, the Hamptons, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of places up and down the East Coast like that, even like places like Cape May and uh, I'm just like summer towns. Um, it could be kind of expensive to live, but if you already have your boat that you want to travel and sail on, you, you could can live, live on, your boat. on the boat. Yeah, and, and that could be a great way to save money while you're doing these jobs. 
Yep, so hospitality and all the things that go along with that. Another thing, it's not necessarily seasonal, but we've met a lot of people that are actually teachers and they work obviously the whole school year and then they have their two and a half to three months off where they take their boat and go over to the Bahamas or explore New England and they have a good amount of time where they can travel miles and see new places and it's a perfect op option for teachers and anybody in that sort of a field right um and that job it varies as to like how much you get paid throughout the country but where i grew up in long island teaching was a pretty good job um, a lot of the guys and, and girls i work with lifeguarding are teachers uh during the school year and then you know obviously the summers are off time so i lifeguard with them and that's what they choose to do it's an amazing job but you could just as easily choose to go off cruise and travel yeah cruise on your boat for one two three months at a time yeah another um another job is construction work so we met a couple it must have been f like four years ago now three years ago uh aj and lisa and aj is in the construction field and he will build a house completely and then as soon as it's done they have a couple months to travel so they'll work work really 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 hard get this project complete and then take a couple months off and go enjoy their boat and i met a guy who did the same exact thing i gave a kiteboard lesson to him his name is randy and randy did the same thing on his uh he had a big long racing monohull but he would build a house or two in colorado and then go out and cruise yeah so definitely options there Another thing you can do is work where you want to travel. So we met a couple of traveling nurses the other day and they were telling us a little bit about their schedule and it's your three months on and your three months off and you can pick where those three months are. They live on their cat. They're currently in the USVIs and they're even considering extending their stay down here for another three months. And then um, they get three months to sail their boat and then their next place they get to pick where they wanna go. So I think they were talking about going to Chesapeake so that's really cool. Um, you work, but then you get time off as well. And while you're working, you're living on your boat in a very cool place. Um, something similar along those lines, we met um, one of our friends is a vet. And she was working as a vet in Grenada for hurricane season. So yep, At the vet school. At the vet school there. Um, so yeah, you could be a traveling vet as well. Um, we also have a, a young couple who, a young Australian couple who became our good friends and Luke is a welder and Shelby's a hairstylist and they just recently were able to work in St. Martin for a few months um, and really save up some cash and uh, you know where they are while they were living on their boat in St. Martin and Luke, um, it, he used to be a welder on oil rigs so I think that branches off into another option for people to do. Like a lot of people, and a lot of people I give kiteboard lessons to, they would work on oil rigs or oil supply ships or like a, one guy was even a helicopter pilot for oil rigs, like bring, bringing crews back and forth by helicopter. Um, those are good jobs because they pay a lot of money and you, you work like you're full time on for like maybe a month or two or three and then you're full time off for you know usually the same amount of time um similar to if you work on like a big ship like one of my good friends is a first mate on a big cargo ship and he works like four months on four months off or six months on six months off something like that and um, then when you're off you really really have that time off to go do whatever you want to do right exactly um, and back to, okay, so with anything in this, in this category, you have to be very careful about where you're working and the logistics and the laws of where you are, because yeah. you could get yourself into some trouble if you don't do it the correct way. Like you generally need a work visa and, you know, the proper paperwork and stuff like that. But there are plenty of people that do it under the table. You just have to know what you're willing to do and what kind of trouble you could get into if... And we're not condoning to do it under. Yeah, the just just throwing that out there. Um, what else? Okay, so a lot of other people we have met are actually pilots. And a lot of the situations that we personally know of, the husband is the pilot and then the family is actually on the boat and they'll be at a certain place. The husband will go fly out, do his, I don't even know what it's called, rounds or whatever, and then they'll fly back and cruise to the next island. If you guys want to get a visual of a family that actually is living on a boat and the husband is a pilot, check out Sail Oceans because they- Sail Oceans. Sail Oceans. They live on a trimaran and that is how they make this all work and they seem like really, really cool people. Another thing you could do uh, to, to work where you are while you're traveling is to 
pick up a skill, like generally a skill that cruisers might need. So one thing that is really obvious to us is just like being able to sew and having like canvas a, work. Yeah, having like a sail right sewing machine on your boat. Yeah, being able to do canvas work, sail repairs, uh, things like that. I mean, we have a bunch of projects on this boat that if a fellow cruiser had a reputation for being a really good canvas person, um, you know, we'd definitely consider hiring them to take care of some of our canvas work. And things are always ripping on boats, canvas always ripping, people are always looking to make improvements. So the demand is always there. You're generally going to be where other cruisers are going to be and going to need that work. So you just got to work hard, make sure you're reliable and um, you're good at that skill. But you could do the same thing with like being an electrician, uh, you know, marine electrician or just being all around boat mechanic, handyman. Mechanic, welder like Luke. You just got to, yeah, you just got to learn it. Probably work for someone else for a bit. Really get good at it. And just make sure you're a hard worker and reliable. We, we've experienced in all our travels, like if you're just a hard worker, you're reliable and you're responsive, you could... Like, people will come to you yeah it's such a it's so it's it's kind of rare like to have such a great work or a great ex business experience yeah we've we've had a lot of experiences where you hire someone to do work and it's slow or they're not and trying not, not necessarily not, us because we usually do everything ourselves. yeah but we but know like, people and we have certain examples of yeah where that has happened to us but you just have to mm, in a lot of places, people aren't as motivated know, as motivated as some people. So and this if isn't you just the Caribbean. This is the states yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are motivated and you're going to work your butt off, and you're going to do a good service for someone, especially on a boat, they're going to rave about you, rave about you to all of their friends, and you will probably have as much business as you want. Yeah, exactly. And then and with that also allows you to charge what you're worth yeah. in that regard because good work is re it's really hard to find and it shouldn't be so there's opportunity out there so be reliable be responsive and do a good job um i guess that's it for work where you travel the yeah. next category that we find some people do is take a sabbatical and that's generally like one year off of whatever job you're in unpaid and it's general generally i think you are able to come back to that job when you're done with your sabbatical like you set kind of a deadline or say you know i'll be back at this point and that's it and we've met um teachers that have done this professors and that kind of um area is where sabbatical is pretty common but we also know people who didn't necessarily take an official sabbatical but they saved up um a year's worth of money and then are traveling for a year and then we'll go back and find another job. Right, right. And and if you do all those things that we talked about before, you're a good, good employee, you have a good skill, like you'll always, especially when you have experience, you'll be able to, to find another job when you come back to work, hopefully. Yeah, so the most important thing about in this category is just having a grasp of how much money you're going to need in that year and making sure you have enough of it when you say goodbye to your job. Yeah, and, and the cushion for sure, especially like when you come back, you know, you have a little cushion when you try to come back to work. Yeah, so a couple examples of that. Our friends Mel and Michelle, they are, they're not retired yet, but they were teachers. Michelle was a principal and they wanted to go sail the Caribbean. So they saved up, got themselves out of debt how they're actually on their way back now but they sailed all throughout the caribbean they are now making their way back to i think north carolina and they will sell their boat and go back to their jobs um our other friends marty and rachel marty i don't know what his most recent thing is i think he owned a business and then he sold it and uh rachel is was in marketing yep and they, uh, I guess Marty sold his business. Rachel quit her job for the meantime, but they had saved up, you know, a bunch of money and were using that to travel for the year or however long it was, about a year. And now they're going back to, you know, yep, their they, careers. They just arrived back in Ireland, I think, as well. Yeah. So they're getting back in the workforce. But it is something, just hearing this is, it helps people say, oh, I don't have to be retired. Oh, I don't have to live on a boat forever. I can just go for a year and then I can go back to normal life. And that year can be like a test. It can be like, it can be a chance to give yourself to see if you like the lifestyle. And if you're considering trying like another way to make money, like working remotely or uh, working while you travel. Yeah, it can give you a chance to see if that'll work for you. Yeah. Okay, um, next category, working remotely. 
Many people do this. I think this is probably the most common, I would say, that we meet besides being retired. Yeah, so we met a few people who do like computer, like software work. Um, one kid we just met, or guy my age, uh, Teddy, just recently uh, is a computer coder. And he, I think he had his own business that he sold, or at least partial, but he contacted them, you know, to see if they needed any help recently, and they did. So he just works for them, like as a contractor, and he just does coding work for them. So if you're a computer coder, that could be a great skill to be able to work remotely. And I think a couple other people we've met are like software design and that sort of thing. So they work on the computer. They need internet, obviously. So they have to be available either to talk to their clients or to talk to their boss and to work online. But then once that project is done or once they've done their days for the week, then they can go sail and move around. Right, right. Our friend Darren does that. He's a, some sort of software guy yep i don't know what exactly um and uh okay so a very interesting guy we met in grenada his name was victor and he was an artist he was actually a i'm not sure if this is the term but sculpturist sculpt sculptor sculptor (laughs) he was a sculptor and he lived on his little monohull and he sculpted his sculpted his work during hurricane season and then after the season was done he'd go throughout the islands and sell them to some uh some places and galleries and he had a couple places where they were commissioned yeah yeah and again i think you have to be careful about that like you don't want to upset like local artists and you want to make sure your work is like legal like if you're allowed to sell things there blah 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 but generally uh, yeah i think he had one gallery in one of the islands that he worked with specifically and then a lot of some of his work was commissioned directly from like hotels and resorts and restaurants right anyway his stuff was amazing and yeah that's a great way i think a lot of a lot of people who live on boats probably have a creative spirit and if you're a good artist it, it might be a good way to be able to do your art on the boat and then as long as you can figure out a way to sell it yeah yeah so he was a really good guy and really good surfer so it was awesome to meet him oh i gotta tell a story about one of uh, our friends who are a couple so one of our friends is an architect and he used to live in barbados after college do you remember this story he uh um I don't want to say the name, but he he lived in Barbados after college, and he was a really really good drawer. So he was drawing this local, like the local Barbadian, uh, lo- local Bayesian buildings and architecture and scenes. And but he was he's just a you know a white guy from Florida. So but he teamed up with a local Bayesian guy who he lived with. And this Bayesian kid, I guess at the time, it was a kid his age, you know, probably in his 20s or something. So this kid would go down and sell these beautiful, you know, pictures of... of, Barbados to tourists and, and it was like, like it was a local yeah drawing. it was like an authentic yeah like like this local draw drew these beautiful local pictures now and a local uh, was selling it but a local didn't draw it yeah <laughs> yeah so he was the one drawing it but he traded that for like rent you know rent or whatever but it was just that's just a funny story. there's very different ways to make money on the go guys um a couple other ones writers uh we know Uh, people that write for magazines or they even write their own blog and I think you wanted to get into a little bit more of the whole blogging yeah I guess well let's wait till we get into what we do I think but I basically um I yeah blogging used to be very very popular and there's still tons of blogs out there um and they're still very Very valuable yeah but um I think uh a lot of people question how you can make money on that and I think um, if you're thinking about starting a blog you just have to offer some sort of value it's got to be extremely entertaining especially now with how much competition there you're fighting for people's attention right so if you're going for the entertainment portion of value it's got to be very entertaining and different but uh, especially in boating and the marine industry if you want to blog about that you can just provide any other sort of value. For example, you've been documenting our process of uh, checking jetty into different countries because there's not a lot of well-organized information about checking dogs into these Caribbean countries all in one spot. And a lot of it is contradictory and stuff like that. So you've been doing a great job of doing it, keeping track of it all, and then putting it in one place very well organized. Yeah, so you really just have to find something that you're interested in, someone else probably is, and that it's not out there already, and you can provide that information. That's the biggest thing. So if you're thinking about blogging, start with the questions that you have had in the recent past. yeah. Yeah, that you couldn't find answers to, and maybe you have found an answer to that question, so put it out there. Yeah. 
so definitely an option. Um, designing online courses. This is getting very popular right now, but two examples we it, have Yeah, is, it's been kind of popular for the past few years. Yeah, Billy's mom actually designed a course for wound care. So, so when nurses want to get wound care certified, they have to take a test. And there wasn't really a study guide or anything out there. So Billy's Especially mom, online. Yeah, so Billy's mom's like, oh, I will create a course. Because my mom's been a nurse for years and years and she understood the industry and, and the need, she saw recognized that need. Yeah, so create a course, help people study for it, help people pass the test. And she has done very well with it and she likes what she does. And right now it's pretty self-sustaining. She has obviously worked very hard to get it that way, but she has a little bit more ability to go travel because of the way she has it set up. Right, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of little factors. She has, you know, she has a team of people and they she's kind of outsourced some of the things that need to be done. She still has to update. check in and update and do things like that, but she can do that kind of almost at her leisure and um, wherever she wants wherever to. she wants to if she has internet connection. So, yeah, courses you also want to mention oh yeah um our friend ben from sailboat story he has his own real estate course and i just saw this the other day he was talking about how he was updating it during this pandemic time using the time to update his whole course and yeah that's pretty cool so he's figured out a way to set it up himself and then it, it's a little bit of an income source while they're on the move but again, if you have like if you have a skill or knowledge that you think you could teach people and there's not a course out there already, it might be a great opportunity to create this course and then if you can automate most of it, then um, you know, it, it might allow you to have a lot of freedom to go sailing. Yeah. Um, any other ideas on working remotely? I think that's all we got for that. Um Okay, so next next category. Many, 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 many people opt for this option and it's working on a boat. And like that someone could be, else's boat. And that could be you're being a captain, you're the crew, or you're a mate on one of these. It could be a small catamaran or it could be a big mega yacht. Right, and I think I think generally I've given a lot of kiteboard lessons to a lot of these yachties who work on you know mega yachts and even sailboats and stuff like that. The consensus is that it's a little more casual when you work on someone's sailboat, but you make a little more money on mega yachts. I think generally, so just if you guys want to take that direction, but you know they each have their trade-offs, and you can go as like casual as just starting off walking the docks in Antigua or Fort Lauderdale or Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard, just trying to get little jobs here and there you might start off sanding some tow rails or something like that or you could go into you know and start taking the official yachting courses that they offer down in like Fort Lauderdale and other areas like that um, and then you could go in the direction of being a stew or a mate or um, eventually a captain or you could go another direction on a yacht and that's becoming an engineer I think it's a slightly different track yeah and, courses and, and stuff and one of our friends is actually engineer on a big mega yacht and the mega yacht actually has its own sport fish and they're really into fishing so he's I think like in heaven right now so they're traveling all over the world and he's getting to fish but also also make money and save money because he's not really in I think areas where he's spending a lot yeah all of expenses are paid for yeah I think generally when you work on yachts like all your expenses are pretty much covered um y again just like the restaurant industry you can probably blow a lot of your money when you're in port like a lot of the young kids will go out and party with all the cash they have and in, in these expensive places in the world um but you can also be very disciplined and save that and you can just make a lot of money in probably in a relatively short period of time and I each each yacht or boat you work on has different circumstances it can be pretty casual can be extremely professional um it just depends what you know what job you get in that industry yeah and um so working on a mega yacht like that might be very difficult if you have a family and traveling every day all year long is not really family oriented but we know a lot of couples that have actually figured out a way to work on like a small catamaran or a small monohull and they Wait, even a smaller motor yacht yeah and they are the captain and the stew or whatever and they charter the boat out for the owner yeah yeah and it might be that owner owns the boat just to charter out as a business or he might he might 
only use it for his personal use, but he's only there, if, you know, a few days every month or and something like that. And you need somebody to run it and take care of it, and that could be you and your significant other. We've actually gotten a few offers of doing that sort of thing on catamarans. Sierra and I would be captain and crew, and, um, you know, the owners own the boat, but we get paid to do these jobs, and then we take care of the guests when they come aboard, and we, we take them around on the boat and stuff like that, so... It, and again, like usually all your expenses are paid for there. Yeah, so that is a really good opportunity. For us, it won't work very well because we do have jetty and, you know, a dog on someone else's boat and all these other people coming. It doesn't work. And we won't really be able to do a lot of the other stuff like this podcast and our YouTube videos and stuff if we did that. It's got to, I think we've been coming to the conclusion that like... <sighs> We gotta kind of be focused on what we're doing. This is why I'm not lifeguarding all summer anymore. I, I just lifeguard for a week or two to keep my foot in the door. But yeah, it's just hard for us. It will spread our, ourselves too thin if we go in different too many different directions. Routes. But yeah, the opportunity is definitely there, and we know of a lot of people that really enjoy that sort of thing. If you really want your boat and you want to figure out a way to make money with your boat, you could also offer your own charters on your own boat as a way to kind of make an income and a, a lot of people do this when they buy new catamaran they'll they'll buy it with the um uh knowing that they're going to put it into charter and they might use it for a week or two out of every month but the you know one whole season or i don't know what the time frame is but we'll go into charter they'll charter it out whether it's owner charter or they might have put it into a charter company that kind of takes care of everything for them um they just kind of own the boat and so it's a way to make money while you're off doing whatever you're doing on land and then when you want to go enjoy the boat it's there and ready for you yeah and i don't know how the finances work out on that like if if you make mo more money than you are actually spending on in, on payments on the boat. Uh, I but think it probably depends on the area and the time of year and how often you charter it. Exactly. What kind of boat, but something to look into if you're if you're looking, especially for a brand new boat. But you could do it on a used boat as well. Yeah, and we have met people that do it on tiny little motor boats or or big old sailboats. Like the opportunity is there. It doesn't have to be a brand new boat, and it's really the experience that you're offering to people. Right. Because we met like we met a young couple in Grenada who bought this old wooden boat. A very cool boat really cool boat i forget what style it was it was like i don't know what kind of style it was corsair is the name of the boat people if they're in grenada might recognize it but they just do they they decided they didn't really like to do like long-term week charters so they just do like more like day charters or sunset charters and they'll take you know 10 12 people out on the boat you know for a sunset sail maybe even more actually on that boat and uh yeah they'll just go sailing it's kind of a more of a I wouldn't say rustic. It's it's just a more of authentic sailing experience. It's not like a luxury catamaran. It's not catamaran. super put together and all this stuff. It's, hey, we're going sailing. Let's go like hang out on the front of the boat and have fun. And then we, we saw another boat up. That we, it's very recognizable up in Martha's Vineyard. Um, it's called Cat Boat Charters, I think. You'd recognize it because it's just the sail is a huge American flag. But same thing. It's a smaller boat. It's, a, it's not a catamaran. It's a cat boat. It's a different style boat. It's like a, a big wide monohull. And they just go out for like day charters and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Even the the warm catamarans in Montauk. Yep. Um, so they um, in Montauk during the busy season they are um, either doing sunset charters or day private charters. And then during the off season they are sailing down to the Bahamas and along the East Coast and enjoying their beautiful boat. Right. I don't know if they did it this year, but the past few years they have been taking at least one of their boats. They have they have three now, but two bigger ones, and they've always been took one south at least and another example is andy and mia yeah so andy and mia i mean they offer a unique type of charter where people sign up with them this is 59 degrees north sailing and andy has his own podcast called on the wind also a couple other sailing stories and uh what i think about the sailing and he's one of our big inspirations they are um but they offer a charter that where they take customers offshore sailing strictly offshore sailing so they'll start at a port and you know it, they have an offshore passage planned um sometimes they do like shorter island hop hopping things but their specialty is offshore ocean sailing and i think people really go to get that offshore sailing experience and to learn what it's like from professionals in the ocean and he said they're always booked and yeah they have fun doing it they have a really great crew and it's a awesome way to live yeah it seems like we, we haven't been on one of their chart on one of their sales but they from what we see how they do things they do it in a very professional way so i think that's all 
what we had written down about people we've met and interesting jobs we've heard of along the way. But now let's go into a little bit of how we are able to travel and how we make money. Right. Um... So we said a little bit in the beginning that we originally started working seasonal jobs. So Billy was a lifeguard and then um, taught kiteboarding while I was in school and then worked jobs like uh, swim lessons and paddleboard instructor and that sort of thing. And while we were doing all that, and before I even met you, Billy was determined to show people what he was doing. Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I like to create stuff, and, and I was living a unique lifestyle that people seem to have been interested in. I actually gave a kiteboard lesson to a guy who was a successful vlogger, video blogger, and they were like family-style vlogging. They just kind of recorded what them and their family did, and... Uh, he did it in a very interesting way, though, and I gave him a kiteboard lesson. He told me what he did, and he said, you know, you could do something like that. It, uh, they're from, they were from England. He's like, I would love to be in rainy, cold old England and go on YouTube and see what you're doing in sunny Florida, like teaching kiteboarding and doing all this cool stuff. He's like, I'd love to check that out. And that kind of uh, put that seed in my head. I, I wish I had started it earlier. But you did start it earlier. You did start recording, but I think a it was bit. more to show your family, like, okay, you just did the sale from New York to Florida. This is where I am. This is what it was like. And then as soon as you talk to him, you're like, wow, like I could make money from this and maybe do it full time, like and, and enable myself to keep traveling. Yeah, yeah. It, I already liked to do it, but yeah, to be able to turn it into career was very intriguing. And uh, from, sorry, do you want to say something? I was going to say, you like to say this part, but my goal, once I got the idea in my head, my goal was like, well, if I could make just a dollar a day, one dollar a day from Google AdSense, which is the ads that play on YouTube, then that's a sign that this could definitely work. And that was Billy's goal from like the time that I had first met him. And... I thought it was so cool. I didn't think it was really possible. I didn't, I had never met like any YouTubers or anything like that, but he had this goal for the longest time. And as we started traveling more on the trawler and doing some of the boat work, he was recording and posting it online and our very, you hit that goal. Do you remember when you hit that goal? I remember it. Yeah. I remember when we were crossing back you only Street. remember this because we just recorded this <laughs> and 10 minutes it. ago. <laughs> I remember it was on a trolley. <laughs> but yes, okay. So we had just did a big um, trip through the Bahamas and we were on our way back and we were like on the phone and YouTube tells you like, oh, you made this much money this month. And that month we had made $30, which means you had made $1 a day. And I was like, you did it. Like you finally reached your goal. And, and it still took us a, another year or two to be able to turn that into, like, full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hit that goal, and then your next goal, I think, was, like, $10 a day or something. And it kind of just went up from there. But continue, you continued posting. We continued working seasonally, continued doing our short trips over to the Bahamas, then up to New York. And then maybe, like, two years into it, we were finally like, wow, like this could actually be a real, real job. And then we continued working for one more season. We we're like, okay, we're going to do it. And we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We were making enough money on YouTube and, and our different sources of income that we'll get talking about that we were able to, yeah, not quite work seasonally and just do it full time. And living very, very, very simply. And our we still do have to live like we still have a strict budget that we stick to and we have to live relatively simply simply especially if we want to grow and like plan for for future projects which we are <laughs> which we are yes always future projects so yes that was the start of it and that's kind of where we're at now so besides google adsense which is not even the biggest portion of how we make money making videos Tell us a little bit well, the, about how we do make money. Well, I think that's the basic, uh, what people think about YouTube, yeah, you... Make money from very, YouTube. Yeah, no. the very direct way is to get paid from YouTube. Google owns YouTube, and it's Google AdSense is the, is the uh, like, advertisers will pay them to post an ad on our video. And it's measured in CPM, or cost per mil. And generally, like, across YouTube, on average, it's like 3 or $4 so you so if you get a thousand mils a thousand so if you get a thousand views you might make three or four dollars so listen if, to that and imagine how many views you have to have to make a real living from YouTube you have to have a heck of a lot so 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 we we have a little bit of a higher CPM because we are in, are in more of a niche 
uh, content area, and our audience is pretty engaged with us. But, but we could never live strictly off that YouTube. Well, we you could if we grew. Not at this Yeah, point. at this stage. No, no. So we, we were getting successful on YouTube and we were getting a good following. People really appreciated what we were doing and they wanted to support us further. So they kept asking, you know, to for us to make a patron account and you did. Yeah, and we didn't even know what it was at first and I kind of looked into it and patron is a site where you can um, pledge a certain amount, whether it's five, $1, $5, $10, $10, for a video. So every time we make a video, these people that like what we do, they give us a dollar. And Patron is by far our biggest money maker in the realm of YouTube. And these people are absolutely amazing. We could not do what we do without them. So if you're listening, you're on Patron. Thank you guys so much. We, it really, it, 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 I'm glad that we offer enough value that, that you really see it as something valuable whether it's entertaining or or informational or inspirational and we and appreciate that you go out of your way to tell us that you like it and to even give your money so yeah patron is definitely a huge the the biggest support that we have at this point um from there we also came up with some merchandise again because people were asking they wanted to buy a t-shirt from us so we came out with a bunch of different at this point we have a bunch of different t-shirt designs we have some cool hats um and some awesome stickers yeah water bottles cutlery we have quite a few things in our store so if you want to check that out it's you can go to toolsonthesummer.com and it's called the tula shop so check out the tula shop and buy a t-shirt yeah so that's definitely that's our second biggest income source and everything stems from these YouTube videos because people watch the videos and they're like, wow, like that's really cool. Or I want to be a part of their crew. Like, let me wear a t-shirt and I'm kind of like in on that adventure. So that's how it all works. And then next in line, I would say is the Google uh, YouTube AdSense. Yep. So that's what we were talking about with like the YouTube revenue. And then from there, I guess, uh, affiliate marketing, I think would be... Next. Yeah, so affiliate marketing is something where like we might talk about or recommend a product and if someone clicks through our unique link or they use a discount code, our unique discount code, then we might get a small commission for referring the person to that product. And we only sign up with affiliate brand or affiliate partners that we truly believe in. So some of our affiliate partners are Raw Elements Sunblock. They're in our, you know, mostly organic and uh, reef safe sunblock. Uh, Hobie polarized sunglasses that I've been using since early on in lifeguarding. Um, Siren, Siren Marine, Marine. Who helps us <laughs> pay attention to keep an eye on our boat when we're not on it. And then uh, Amazon affiliate partner. And Amazon is really cool because we buy a lot of stuff on Amazon and we're able to have an actual storefront and we can have categories like boat life and safety gear, navigation gear, filming equipment. So we put all of our favorite things on a store and you guys can say, oh, like I knew Billy and Sierra like really liked their fans. Let me go see what kind of fans they use. And you can go there, click on it and we'll get a small commission. And Amazon's also great because we can test stuff that is offered on Amazon. We can buy like uh, we bought this Hobie shade that's meant for kayaks, but it's been working great in our dinghy. And we can like test it out and see if this Amazon product is practical for boat life. And then we don't have to feel biased about saying if it's good or a bad thing. We can say it's a bad thing and we're not associated with the company or anything. Um, like uh, that was a good example, but a bad example would be the things, uh, the little floaty things you bought on Amazon that are supposed oh, to like yeah, float like, your keys and so like, get a whole test. They're like these automatic uh, flotation like key fobs and they were terrible. Like they didn't really work, <laughs> but it was cool to create content around that and, and not feel guilty about telling you that they didn't work at all. But if you click through that link, just to see what it is and you might buy something else off of Amazon and we will actually get a little commission off of the other thing you buy so it still works out in the end even though we are telling you this product wasn't great because Amazon is saying okay cool like you brought them here because of this product but they stayed on our website and bought something else so they'll reward us a little bit so that's awesome and then our last little bit is sponsors yeah so we'll work with brands uh, here and there to pretty much create an ad for them and we'll only work with brands that we truly believe in if it's a physical product we'll make sure they send us the product and we'll use it for a while make sure that it's of high quality and we trust it and we believe in it um, or a lot of the times the most successful campaigns have been non-physical products but it's like Skillshare for example and we were using Skillshare for a few months before we um, made an, ad, made an for ad for them and I hope people understand that sometimes people get a little 
funny about us creating an ad, but to be perfectly honest, we have to keep doing that kind of thing to to keep making money to keep doing what we're doing. Um, it's going to be an ad either from us recommending something that we have tested out and believe in, or it's going to be an ad that Google plays you um, on YouTube. And we would really like to go more towards the ads that we make because one thing that we get all the time is people come and say, I can't believe you put that ad in front of this video. Like, that has nothing to do with you guys. I don't like the topic. But this is not an ad that we did. Sierra's referring to an ad that was served to them by YouTube. Like and, one of the AdSense ads. And those AdSense ads, we have no control over. They could be something that you were scrolling online or you accidentally clicked on or anything. We have no idea what plays in front of our video, which is kind of scary. So we would really like to only make ads that we make and that are relevant to us yeah. and relevant to you. And something we think you will truly like. So we'll try to do that more. I know some people are funny about that because they say we don't want to see an ad, but either way, it's either coming from us or somebody else because we need we need to make money. If you're and watching a TV show, you better believe those actors or or people are getting paid and for us, we're, it's not the same, so. And it's it's be perfectly honest, if, if people really don't like it, they can just skip ahead or it, some a lot of times it's at the end of our video so they can just, you know, off of it but um, we do make an effort to make sure that it is something that we believe in so you know it it might be worth uh, giving it a chance whatever you know we're talking about yeah so those are all the ways we make money via creating videos and on YouTube Yo. another thing we do that we've been doing for years is buying boats at a really 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 good deal fixing them up ourselves and selling them right and and I think it's kind of rare in the boating world to be able to make money selling a boat, but if you can find the right deal and you do all the work yourself to it, and then you know there's a market for it in the end, then there is opportunity there. Um, there's plenty, like in these old monoholes and, and trawlers and stuff, like there's some good deals out there. And if you know how to, you, you can easily get in over your head and not make money, but if you're smart about it and you... You research the boat you're getting, you research what stage of life it's in is it falling apart and it's going to need everything or is it like maybe just marketed bad and it doesn't need too much work yeah maybe it just needs a cleanup and to be marketed better yeah so so far we've done that on two boats and eventually we will do it with this boat as well and there's definitely opportunity there we saw something the other day and we were uh, we're very close to hopping on it just another cool boat that needs a little bit of work that we know we could do and who knows if we'll jump on it, but just let you know there are opportunities out there. But beware that it will take three times longer than you think, cost three times more than you're expecting. But if you plan for that, then everything can be okay. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you're like living and traveling and using that boat as well, like it definitely makes it worth it. Yeah. At least it has for us. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that route for a lot of people. I think I think you got to be the right kind of person but to buy an old boat. But if you're hands-on and determined and, and smart about skilled, what you're doing, yeah. yeah, then it's definitely possible. And a lot of people do that with houses as well. We didn't touch on this in the other topics, but people will flip houses or buy houses and rent them out, and that's a source of income on their travels as well. Yeah, people flip a lot of stuff. They might, you know, people flip cars, people flip, you know, RVs, just stuff and... they're familiar with. Yeah. yeah, and and when people buy stuff, like mo the best way to sell something is just to make sure that it's everything's working like there's so many things out there that it doesn't take too much to get looking nice and everything working and then that becomes a whole it opens up a whole new market because a lot of times people they just want something to work yeah they don't want to deal with all the little headaches that make it not work yep. um i want to get back into what we do with our content a lot of people are starting youtube channels and people might be starting new blogs as well and I think like it's important to keep in mind that it, you can be successful in it. We got in a, like right on the tail end of being early in the YouTube sailing game, so that gave us a little bit of an advantage. And that we started off doing more things like that were searchable, like people wanted to see a review on something, or they wanted to see a tour of the specific sailboat that I had at the time. And that's where we started to grow. And that's what I would recommend for someone starting out in the like the internet content thing, like create something where you were searching for something and you couldn't find anything or that you're searching for something now that's not out there and just figure out the the solution or 
the answer to that problem and create that content, whether it's a blog article or a video. Um, I think it's important to be honest about what your experience is with that. Like, you might there might be a problem and you figure out how to fix it, but you gotta say, you know, you're not a professional. You just figured out this one solution that's been working for you, and here it is. Very good information there. What what else about people wanting to start YouTube or blogging? What would you recommend? Um. Like, do you think anyone could make money to sell around the world with a YouTube channel? No, because like you said in our last recording, <laughs> um, when you're making content, it's either got to has it either has to be educational, inspirational, or entertaining. And, excuse me. And with so much content out there, like it really like we are, I think for the most part, entertaining and inspirational now because people are really um, following our story. They're they're. But originally it was and, educational, I think. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to get started. Again, just, just finding what's not out there, what people are searching for specifically and creating content around that. If you want to provide value by being entertaining or inspirational, it's got to be really, really good or really, really different. And that is that's, that can be tough. And you have to like it because if you don't like it, then it's going to be miserable making the content that you're going to be posting. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I remember listening to Brian from Delos. Uh, he had so said something in a video or something somewhere, and he said there's much, m much better ways to make money just to travel on a sailboat. Like all of the jobs and careers and examples we gave earlier, m many of those are way better faster ways to make money than YouTube. Right, so I don't know if I, like, people wanting to do YouTube just to sail on a boat. Well, do it if you think that, do it if you like it, first off, and you like being creative and you like doing that stuff. Do it if you think you can provide something that's not out there already. Um, don't do it because you think it's an easy way to make money. You're just going to film and sail and film and that's it and you're going to make a fortune to be able to sell around the world plenty of our friends do it just just strictly for themselves and their family they just want to record and put something on youtube for their family to keep track of their adventures and they like doing that and they're not at the mercy of of i have to do this because it's my job and if i don't i'm not going to be able to eat dinner tonight right exactly and that goes hand in hand with a lot of other like lifestyle type jobs like again i was, was a life um i taught kiteboarding seasonally and that seems like a very um like a dream job almost right and it is Billy but worked very 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 hard at that yeah job. it was exhausting look i loved it i wouldn't trade it for the world except for the <laughs> except for what we're doing now but it was it was a grind it's just like any hobby job that you really got to grind it out and you could get burned out pretty easy i was pretty aware because i've done other things like that so i was aware of the fact that it's easy to get burned out if you don't appreciate what you're doing and don't really make an effort to enjoy what you're doing um but same thing with youtube you can get burned out if you don't like doing it and make an effort to enjoy um what you're doing yeah very wide wise words well i'm a very wise man <laughs> okay i think that is all we have for you today i hope this gave you a couple new ideas on things that you could do to make money while living and traveling on a boat that was the whole goal here is to give you ideas of people we have talked to and things that they do and thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the Tool Shop for sponsoring this podcast episode. And we'll see you salt, what I call them? Salty. Salty scallywags. Salty scallywags later. If you wouldn't mind, um, if you enjoyed this, make sure you leave a review down at the bottom here. And we will include the links to the affiliates we we're talking about if you want to discount to any of that stuff. And thanks for listening. That is all. See you later. Bye. Ow. <laughs>